This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Welcome to the Hero Academy Podcast, the place where we can celebrate and highlight our frontline heroes. I believe that frontline heroes such as nurses, firemen, EMS, police officers, and military are heroes without capes. I don't care about politics, only positivity and purpose. I only care about those who have chosen to serve society. I believe in collaboration over competition. Here you will learn the secrets and strategies that let ordinary people become extraordinary inside of their passion. Sometimes we'll throw in some simple side hustles that everyday regular people are doing. Things you can do to make extra money, especially if you're starting to think about retirement and what's next. Inside this podcast each week, you will learn from people like you who are working full time, but still found time to create a course, grow a big team or a large audience or a profitable side hustle. The steps they took, their backstories and how they overcame burnout. The perfect blend of mindset and techniques. I'm your host, David Diem. Now let's get your dream lit for your freedom. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the Hero Academy podcast. This week I have Karen Shable. If you are a nurse or an EMS, fireman, police officer, then you are in the right place and this show is for you. This week on the Hero Academy... We have another fellow podcaster. The name of your podcast, Karen? Weight Loss for Nurses. Weight Loss for Nurses. So she focuses on weight loss for nurses, which is exactly what the podcast title says. Why did you create your podcast? Uh, I was challenged by my business coach. (laughs) But also, too, I used to do a lot of live videos in my Facebook group. So, like, talking and sharing wasn't um, a problem Uh, But I want to get my message out more. So he challenged me to do a podcast and now I I just love it. Every week I get on and I I teach and I share. So yeah, I love it. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. How many episodes have you published? This week is 26. So yesterday I, I recorded it. And so yeah, I'm up to 26. I started in the summer. So yeah, I, I, you know, I have I'm having fun at it. When I started, I had, it was like, um, I had my brain in it. You know, this is hard. And then the reason why it's hard is just because of what I was saying. That's what I teach my clients too. Like when I work on weight loss, I don't give meal plans. We hardly talk about the food side of it because what I work on is the mental side. So when we're telling ourselves something's hard, it's only hard because we're telling ourselves that we can choose to tell ourselves whatever we want. So I had to really, um, really just make a decision going, I'm making this fun. And I was sharing with you before we got on this call behind my head. So the other one, the other thing was when I started it, I didn't believe that I could do it. I didn't believe I'm good enough. I didn't believe I would be good enough doing what I'm doing. And so that was what I was really struggling with too when I was doing it because I was telling myself like I was doubting and not believing in myself. 
And as I was telling you before we got on the call, in December, beginning of December, I went to a craft show and I was walking around and there was this one woman, I wanted a bracelet that had, you know, like a little um, word on it. Yep. And this woman had believe. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay, I like that word. And that was something I was knew I needed to work on. And then the lap, this was the first booth I saw when I walked in, but I never noticed it. The last one I walked out and I saw this. And what it is, it's pieces of wood all glued together. And it's actually um, in the shape of a sound wave. And that sound wave is the word believe. And that's when I, I'm like, okay, that's my word of the year. Uh, that's two things in this place that are shouting out to me. You got to believe in yourself. And so that's, that's my word of the year. And, and uh, it is so powerful in what you're saying to what you're saying to yourself absolutely gets the results that you want. So why not tell yourself something you do want to get the results of? So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, it looks like an arrow, but once you told me that it was a sound wave, I knew exactly what it what it was, and I I, I know what it means now. So yeah. that gives it that little extra oomph. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. So I know I'm like I should move it over because it's right at my head. <laughs> but actually, maybe that's good because it's telling my brain believe. Yes, yes. So and that's what it is. It's you have to remind yourself and remind yourself. Because our brains go on autopilot, right? So my brain was going to past things I was telling myself, past beliefs about myself. Like we bring these beliefs in, like a lot of them come from childhood even, and we believe them to be true, but they're only thoughts. These beliefs are just thoughts that are programmed in our head. And so we get to choose whatever we want. And this year I'm, I'm choosing, I'm believing. That's beautiful. Um, I love your word for the year. I haven't chose one myself. I um, I have to give it some thought, and I I will. But um, I love I love yours. I'm not going to steal yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I I think our words have to like it has to come to you. You can't force a word. It has to like just hit you. Going yeah, that's it. And that's what happened for me. Like I had started this process on this in November, December, but then when these were like in my face, I'm like, okay, this is the right word. So, you know, I, I believe in the law of attraction. Me too. Um, and that's what it is. Except saying that this is the caveat on it because I used to do just the law of attraction. And yes, law of attraction is good, but if you don't believe... Here's the word believe again. If you don't believe what you're saying to yourself, it's not going to come into um, into your life. So that's the only thing with the law of attraction. If whatever you're saying to yourself, you have to go, yes, I, I believe in that. And that's like what I teach with my clients is ladder thoughts. Because if it is too too high for you and it's like unbelievable, bring it down a bit to something that you that is something believable. that is believable so yeah. like yeah. Uh, one of my personal beliefs is that I'm an athlete and and uh, my identity I go to the gym regularly because that is who it's a part of who I am 
And um, when I, I remember when I was a kid, I used to think that I was unathletic because my neighbor was this super athlete. <laughs> he was this superstar champion, state champion wrestler and played baseball, um, football. He played every sport and he was good at all of them. He was just a super athlete. Still, he still is a super athlete. And uh, my belief as a, as a young kid was that I was not athletic, but now my belief as an adult is that I am an athlete and, you know, I carry myself that way. Why did you get into weight loss? Oh, I got into weight loss because this is my life. <laughs> For like as young as like age eight, that's the earliest I can really remember. I struggled with my weight and it I had a lot going on in my life at that age. My dad, I love my parents dearly, but my dad didn't know any other way other than um, really stern discipline with the strap and the spoon. And I was a child that, that's how I ended up becoming a nurse. I was caring. So he was a little harsh on my mom. And so I'd speak up and protect her per se. So then because I spoke up, I got in trouble and I got the strap and then I felt bad. And so then my mom have, you know, to make me feel better, she loved cooking. And so here's the food here, here, this helps you feel better. So I came off with when you feel terrible and I was, I was taught like, don't cry. It's okay. So I never was, I never was taught how to deal with my emotions. And if you felt terrible, here's food, go eat. And then I also had, I, I brought on the belief there's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough because I'm getting into trouble all the time. So that's where it all started. So, you know, I grew up, I had a weight problem. I was bullied in school because when it my age was many years ago, there wasn't as many people overweight. So I got bullied big time. So, and I just kept, you know, my mom was trying diets on me when I'm younger and at 18, I finally realized, okay, I'm done this started my first major diet, did great, but of course, gained it all back, lost 50 pounds in six weeks, because it was extreme, gained it all back again. And that's where the dieting yo-yo of my life happened. And so, you know, all throughout life, I just leaded my life from this not good enough, living life on coping with food, like using food to cope. So I got married young because I didn't think anybody else would marry me. And I knew it wasn't the right person, but I was like, I did have, didn't have any self-confidence, self-esteem. And then as life went on, I, I had postpartum depression, lots of stress as a nurse, you know, we have stress. I didn't know how to cope with it. And at 42, after 30 years of dieting, of feeling terrible of myself, I hit a rock bottom. And I was physically unwell. I had um, strep A in my blood. So I was so sick and mentally unwell. Like I hit a point where I was thinking of taking my life. Wow. And it, in that moment, I realized um, I couldn't do it because I had three children and my whole life was my children. I always wanted kids. And I knew I could never do that to them. And so it was that, well, if I can't do that, what am I gonna do? And I knew I had to do something different. So I found a program, it was a group coaching program and it wasn't on weight loss, it was working on what's inside my brain and that changed my whole, whole life. I finally had the confidence and the self-esteem that I never had in my life 
and I left a marriage, a 22-year marriage that wasn't healthy, um, and my relationships were better with my kids, and I lost 100 pounds. <laughs> and it wasn't by a diet. It was because I worked on what was sabotaging me. I learned how to cope with my feelings, like process them. And I wasn't the stressed out person that I was. I wasn't depressed. Like I was on major medication for depression, anxiety. I was having panic attacks. Now, my life right now, I'm on nothing. If that's 12 years ago and I've kept that 100 pounds off, I'm remarried. I've got a fantastic marriage. Actually, nine years today, I've remarried and it's our anniversary today. Um, and so, how, so long story short, how I became this, the last place I worked as a nurse was the bariatric clinic. Mm. Where people go for the stomach surgery to lose weight. And I watched my clients one year post, uh, post-op stalling out or gaining weight back because the underlying issues weren't dealt with. And I knew what it took because I'd been there. And that was when I was, I, I just struggled with working there because I was told as a nurse, well, just do your job. Don't get, it was no longer in, in alignment with, with what you, no, what you knew. It, it wasn't. And I was giving my whole heart and they're telling you, like, tell me, Karen, just do the minimum baseline job. I'm like, I can't. So I quit and I actually opened a nutrition uh, clinic for two years and I had a nutritionist and a dietitian working there. So I learned way more about food, but it still wasn't in alignment because I knew it's not about the food. We all know what to eat if we've done more than one diet. And so that's when I looked at uh, coaching programs. And so I took the psychology of eating and then I went to the life coach school and it was the most amazing thing that ever happened to me. And that's where I am here today. So yeah, life that I'm here today because I want to share that no matter what you're going through, like I hit that rock bottom and I know what it's like as a nurse. Yeah, I work on weight loss, but when my clients come to me, very rarely do we work on the weight food side of it. We work on everything in their life, like how they're dealing at work with the stress their relationships like all of that that's what where where the work needs to be done and then our life is just so much better like I, I remember working and actually not dreading going to work anymore like that to me felt so freeing the weight was just a, a bonus but not going to work like I remember before that my husband driving me to work and I was crying on the way to work I don't want to go because it, I was so stressed in the situation and that's the thing we as healthcare workers are looking at what's going on and there's a lot going on right now but we're got all our focus on this needs to change or we should be better staffed which don't get me wrong we probably should be but we can't change that but we sure can change what we think about it to make it feel better it's such a powerful story. The first time we spoke, I joked with you that you actually lost 300 pounds. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of mental weight, let me tell you. And that other person. And that other person yeah, as well, yes. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting, eh? Good, good for you. So the A, uh, that's 
Canada. What, what part of Canada? Uh, Edmonton, Alberta. Edmonton, Alberta. That's the West Coast? Yes. We're one province in from the coast, and it's so cold here. I know you guys are Fahrenheit. We're Celsius, and uh-huh. it's minus 31 today without the wind chill. Oh. So it's like into oh the minus God. 40s. <laughs> and it's been like that for a week and a half now. So, yeah, Oh, my it's, God. It's, I'm, I'm staying inside to stay warm. I'm moving south as quickly as I possibly can. I, I don't oh, know then. when I don't know when it's gonna happen. I'll probably have to pay off my house first, but I, I'm definitely going to warmer climate as soon as humanly possible. And where where would you choose warm? Uh, Puerto Rico or Florida. Nice, nice. Yeah, or maybe well, a com- have- maybe a combination of both. You could do both. We have a actually we have a place in Mexico in Puerto Vallarta. But with the COVID going on, we've just not been able to get there. So maybe next year we'll spend our winter there. It would be nice. <laughs> oh, that would be incredible. I've been to Mexico yeah. like three or four times. I love Mexico. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 warm, not like here. So and um, do you, we've got snow too. Your kids, are they all grown now? Yeah, I have my son who's 30. And he has, uh, actually, he'll be one year at the end of this month, that little boy. He's married, and he's an EMT. We'll get into that one. And then I have two daughters, uh, 28, and the other one just turned 25 the other day on Sunday. So, and when I talk about getting back into my son, we were talking before about him, how he's an EMT, and how, I don't know if any of your your listeners were a couple of months ago, it was in November, November um, we had really bad flooding in BC. And that's where he lives, is in British Columbia. And he was away at work. And it's about, a, I think it's about a three hour drive to where he works. And they, the flooding hit so badly that it washed out roads. He was stuck there for... He drives three hours? He drives three hours to get to work? Yeah, but then he stays for like a week. Oh, okay, okay. So he does a week on. Yeah, he does a week on. And so he went for that, but because everything happened, his shift, cross shift, couldn't come in. So he had to stay an extra week. They lost their heat because the gas line broke. The water, because of all the flooding... He couldn't, sorry, somebody's calling. He couldn't. Um, I thought that was me. Get, <laughs> no, sorry. That's okay. Um, uh, the water, uh, because of all the flooding, it filled all the system up with all the dirt and everything. So they couldn't even boil water. They had to just have bottled water. So that was really stressful. And then um, then what happened was, is a day after the flooding hit, then he had a really bad call. And... It was a two-hour drive from where he stationed to the hospital to transport, and he had to do um, chest compressions. I think the last half an hour or so, and then the person passed away just before he got to the hospital. So, when I talk about stress, how I've been through it, he's had a few situations that he's had major stress. So I get healthcare providers, all of us and the stress that we go through 
and he he went through a couple of years ago as another stressful situation he was off and did a lot of the work on himself and so he was able to get through this one so much better and so I, I one of the things that really really helped him he found this time last time he didn't talk to people about it he held it inside this time he was talking to people mm. and it made him feel like it's okay there's nothing wrong with me I, I what I've gone through it's stressful and that's okay and I think a lot of times we we don't think we should be that way we shouldn't be stressed that's wrong we should be you know us we're so strong you know us healthcare workers if we're not strong we can't deal with it but we need to take care of ourselves and go it's okay to feel what we're feeling and I think and I know that's what helped him a little more through this time but it, it just takes practice on being being loving and kind to yourself and we're not that great at it I don't know why <laughs> when you're starting to feel stressed out how do you show yourself love I stop and pause because I am really good at getting in my head. My head just starts thinking about everything. I used to be a queen of worry, uh, you know, ruminating. And I literally, I stop, I pause and I journal. That's the one thing I teach my clients is get a journal out. I don't care, piece of paper. They do say that pen to paper is so much more effective. But getting out all the thoughts in your head, because those thoughts are what are creating the feeling of stress. I was just going to say, and I didn't want to interrupt you, that getting those thoughts out of your head clears room and it clears space and you actually feel lighter because mm -hmm. thoughts are things and we know that. And when you get them out onto paper where you can see them, you actually feel lighter, you feel less stressed. And journaling is an excellent way to relieve that pressure that you feel inside of all of those thoughts that you're trying to make sense of, but they're going in a loop and they're jumbled around inside of your head. But once they're down on paper, you can actually see, oh, that may not be necessarily true, or I may not have to worry about that once you actually see it down on paper. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely, you're absolutely right. And that's the only way I cope in life is I have to every morning I put it I get everything out of my brain and even through the day if I'm getting caught in my head at all or I'm finding I'm feeling something like I do get still pangs of anxiety here and there but I know it's because what I'm thinking and it doesn't then take me off I then stop and go okay I'm feeling it in my body this anxiety what's going on in my head because so many of us are really good at, f at that feeling thing even though then we don't like to feel it anymore and we turn to food to make it go away but that's the first indication of okay something's going on in my head that's not really helping me in this moment and so I'll just sit and I'll I'll write it out and it it's not even to find a solution sometimes. Like you said, it's just getting it out of your head so it's not filling your head up with like all the spiraling of it. Have you ever heard the term brain dump? <laughs> yeah, that's what I tell my clients. I do. I call them thought dumps, brain dumps, thought dumps. Yeah, getting everything 
out of your head make space yeah it's yeah and we think though like what you were saying we those thoughts that we have we think they're so true but they're only thoughts so we all we can shift them and think something different so that's what i teach my clients is okay have that thought don't make it wrong or bad or go away but what else can you think just add an also thought on or a yet thought or a but thought just to take the the um, the the level of your feeling that you're having down a bit Mm, that's really really good advice what do you do for fun like when you're trying to uh just unwind oh what do we do for fun well it's so cold these days (laughs) (laughs) i'm like so when you were talking about working out i love running i i running is my thing and remember i loved when you were sharing that um i didn't think i was any like i wasn't an athlete in that when i grew up i avoided because i was very overweight so i'm i would go to gym class and i would fake injuries just so i didn't have to participate i hated working out and then when i was trying to lose weight for those years i'd go to the gym but i didn't like it because Mm -hmm. i had it in the thought it's punishment because I'm so overweight like that's Mm -hmm. how I viewed it and then when I hit that rock bottom at 42 and I was going to do something different I actually signed up for this um this group I can't remember the name of it now anyways and they train you to do a 10k run and you do it to um uh get uh the sponsors that you get then that goes to their foundation so at 42, I ran, I started running and I run it, ran a 10 K. I came in the middle of the pack. So I was, for me, that was amazing because I thought I sucked at anything, anything exercise, anything sports. And from that place, I just kept going. So that's my, I know it may be to some people not think that it's fun, but that's my, that's when I get to be with myself and be with my my thoughts and everything it's unfortunate how many people uh feel like exercise is a punishment or it's something that they would not want to engage in like the idea of doing something physical for some people is repulsive and uh, i remember i had a field training officer who said and this this is me as a brand new rookie cop. He said, if they wanted me to run, they would have issued me sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just remember thinking, like, like man, I'm never going to be like this guy. You know, I'm, I'm never going to be like this guy. There's two types of lessons you can take from people. It's the lesson of uh, what you want to be and the lesson of what you don't want to be, you know. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's, that's what you need to do, like in every part of your life, like even at your job, because I've worked with nurses and other healthcare workers where they're going in and they're, they're doing their job and they hate it. And they're Mm -hmm. just the energy they giving off. And I get it because it is a stressful job, but it's, how do you want to view it? Like, how do you want to focus on it? And that really made 
it really stood out for me a lot that I never want to be like that. I, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I got lots of work to do. Yeah, I'm feeling stressed. But I'm going to do it from a place of that loving, kind, that's where I'm going to be at. So everything is choices. Absolutely everything in life. And we don't think that. We really think we have no control over so much in life. But we actually have control over everything in life. And it starts with what you think. I love that you have a business coach and that you're also a coach as well. Um, because I, I feel like the very best coaches have coaches themselves. If people want to find you, uh, how would they look you up? Uh, they can go to my website, karenshabel.com, and they can, on there, there's my podcast on there. They can listen to my podcast. Uh, there's a contact form so they can shoot me a message, and I do offer free calls. So there's no obligation. We'll get on the call and we just find out like where you're at because not everybody is a good fit for this program. It, they have to be in that right place at the right time. And so if you're not, I still want to help, uh, like help anybody, at least give them basics that they can do that will lead them in the direction of permanent weight loss, but really enjoying your life too. Like, life is too short like we don't know one day to another why why suffer through the days we have is your uh, range of people who want to lose weight any range is it like 20 pounds or is it uh, 200 pounds overweight is it is it anything in between it's anything because a lot of people like yeah it's anything there's a lot of people that only have a small amount of weight but they've been bouncing with that so long and they are like literally afraid to eat all their foods that they enjoy for fear of gaining it. And I teach that there are no bad foods, only foods you don't like. Mm. And that's it. And you can ha eat whatever you want, but you learn how to eat it. So you're not, you know, losing control over it. And that, I was used to be a huge emotional eater and a huge binge eater. Oh mm. my goodness. It was... It was interesting. I look back and I'm like, wow, what what a different life in life with myself. I think that's the biggest is to see, to feel better about myself. And it's not about the weight even. The weight isn't even part of it most of the time. So it's really about like healthcare workers and learning that we're, you're stressed and we and it's okay to feel that way but what can you do to feel better inside of yourself i got a That's good question for you because i'm not a stress eater um okay. i do enjoy snacks though so like and i have to change that story i have to i have to figure out a way to change that story because i i call myself a snacker you know <laughs> and i know because um i've been caught in the cabinet and it's like, oh, you're going in the cabinet again. <laughs> and I have all of these snacks. So whenever I put on weight, it's because I keep going back to the cabinet and I keep just picking out a little handful of crackers here, a little handful of nuts. And I think that I'm eating small portions or I think that I'm eating, but I'm picking, 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 picking. And those, ca those calories add up. Yeah. So do you have any so, tips for, for, for me as a snacker? Yeah, well, there's a couple things. 
One, I bet you it is a habit you've formed. Sounds like it. Yes. <laughs> so remember, habits run on autopilot in the back of your mind. Just like you brushing your teeth, you don't think about lifting the toothbrush up and brushing it from one side to another. You've got that habit and you've just now, it's an autopilot. So you have to really start um, stopping and pausing and really asking yourself, like, what is it I need in this moment? What else could I do in this moment? What can else can I have? Because you have to, you have to sort of do a, like a, oh my goodness, now the brain stopped, but a, a distract, um, uh, a reset. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Well, it's that stopping and, and getting that your brain to sort of look in another direction, but also too, it is what are you actually needing? So you're saying you're not a stress eater, but is it that something's going on that you don't want to deal with? Procrastination. It's procrastination. Boredom. <laughs> it's it's procrastination yeah. and, and and boredom. So like, well, that's, I, anytime that's I pass happened. anytime I pass by the kitchen, I'm out of habit opening it up that ca- I I found myself opening up that cabinet and realizing like, man, I just opened this. Let me close it. And I've I've caught myself doing it numerous times, just. Opening up the cabinet, opening it up and looking yeah. in there and nothing's changed. It's just, I look and I say, okay, I don't, I don't want any snacks. <laughs> yeah. So pattern interrupt. That was the word I was looking for. Uh, pattern pattern interrupt. interrupt. Yeah. But also too, there's a, probably an emotional eating aspect to it, right? So you're working, you're like, maybe it's difficult or maybe you're like, your brain is saying, well, I don't want to do this right now. And so your brain is wired, oh, well, the food will give me something else to do. So there is the emotional eating component behind it too. So asking yourself when you're stopping and pausing and looking in there going, what's going on in my brain? Like, what am I thinking right now? What am I feeling? So really, you need to find what am I feeling? What am I thinking? Like pattern interrupt and asking yourself those questions because that's most likely. So habit and the emotional aspect of it. Those are the two things that are most likely going on. So it's just now you have to rewire yourself not to do that. And it just takes time and practice. That's all. Do you watch Netflix? I do. Okay, so two of my favorite docuseries on eating... Uh, one is the game changers. That's kind of sensational, um, okay. sensationalized, but it, it's it's very good. It's produced by Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jackie Chan, and uh, okay. that's about like athletes and their diet. And the other one is called Forks Over Knives. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Yeah. 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 So so yeah. that one that one's very educational and it's very good. Um, it's not as good. It's not as well produced as uh, the game changers. But uh, both are good. So my question for you is if you could create some kind of net, well, it's a two-part question. Do you have a favorite Netflix series? And if you could create one, uh, you know, it would be like the Karen Shable show. What what would it be about? Oh, okay. Favorite Netflix. I don't, okay, so I have Netflix, but I only, so we never watch TV, hardly ever. And on the occasion on the weekend we'll watch a movie but my friend got me into Yellowstone I'm okay. not into the one I started watching it my husband is more into it than I am so I'm watching it with him but it's okay so that so I really I've, I've heard it's I've heard it's very good 
intense moments because I'm I'm an empath and those mm. intense moments really affect me. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want that. So that's part of why I don't watch TV. I don't watch the news. And it's not to deny what's going on. I just know how it affects me. And I choose on what input I'm going to put in my brain. That's all. I still hear about it. My husband tells, keeps me up to date. Um, and my own show. I think my own show would be... Um, that's a tough one. I think it's that... It comes off as my word of the year that you like you like it's that you are worth it believe in who you are like stop trying to fit in stop trying doubting yourself and denying like I think it's that um, you like I don't even know the title but it's that belief like it comes always back to believing like that's what I doubted most of my life I didn't believe I was ever good enough like that was the underlying belief I grew up on. And yes, like when I tell you that, you know, it takes practice in shifting things, I've been working on this since the age of 42 and I'm 55 now. And it still comes up every once in a while, no matter how much work I've put into it. But now it doesn't take me, it doesn't stop me from doing what I want to do. So that's why to me, I believe there's so many of us, and I listen to a lot of nurses too on these chats, and they doubt their their skills and their abilities, because that's what I used to do. I didn't think I did a good enough job as a nurse. I mean, I worked ICU, CCU, and a lot of different places, psychiatry, like I I went to a lot of places. I, I, now I look going, I did a darn good job, but back <laughs> then, I didn't think I was any good at what I did. So it all came from, I didn't believe I was good enough ever. And I want all the healthcare workers to really step back and like, oh, these things that you're saying inside your head, they're not true. They're absolutely not true. Like if they're holding you back and making you doubt yourself, they're not true. They're just being programmed into you. And it's time to like think something different focus on something different and I think we're so afraid to do that and it's bizarre our brains like this is our brains because it's that well maybe it's not true but yet we're willing to believe this lie so why not leave think of it as okay maybe it's a lie to you right now but you can make it totally true as well I love it uh, my last two questions for you yeah, what's your best ability, your best strength? Well, I think you mentioned that you're an empath, so I think it'd probably be along those lines. Yeah, I'm. it's that I, I feel. Like, I really feel in my heart. And so that's the other thing I've learned over the years is to really start listening so much more to what's going on inside my heart because I was so disconnected for so much of my life. I lived in my head. So I know when I come from my heart, I, I, everything I do is the best I can do. So I think that you, I think you being an empath makes you a wonderful coach. I, I, yeah. I imagine that you're probably a great coach. Um, if you had a comic superpower, what kind of power would you have and why? 
goodness, you got some good questions here. That's the last one. Oh, comic superpower. I could, um, I could break through anything. You could break through anything. Is just breaking through anything. Nothing's going to stop me. Whether it's physical, whether it's physical or mental, I love it. Yep. That's awesome. I'm breaking through it all. Actually, my last year's. I didn't have a word, but I had, um, well, it was, it was called, my word was thunderstruck. So a lightning bolt. And I was going to like, I was like that lightning bolt just fires away and it just goes. So that was my last year's. So that's where I've been working is like nothing stopping me and nothing can't. The only thing that stops any of us is what we tell ourselves. Uh, it's a thousand percent true. <laughs> I know. Wow. I know. Thank you so much for being a guest. I really appreciate This was a great talk. Um, Thank you. I think people are going to get a lot of value out of, out of your message. And I can't wait to follow your, your journey and, and see where else you take this. Because uh, it, it's, it's been incredible meeting you. And that's why I podcast, because I get to meet such incredible people and uh, this year I'm focused on meeting and talking to po- other podcasters because, uh, you know, they all have a mission and they're all doing the same thing. We're all kind of moving in the same direction and we just want to help people. And I'm just so profoundly grateful that you came on. Thank you so much. Thank you. And yes, like if any, if I find anybody that I know will absolutely help your audience, I will shoot them your way because thank you. I love talking with you. And your son, your son's definitely coming on, so it'll definitely be a guest. I know. I did talk to him. He's like, "Oh, okay. He's never done this before." So he's like, I'll make no. him. I'll make him feel comfortable. I'll make him feel comfortable. Very, oh, he will. Actually, he's pretty. He's very easygoing too. So all yeah. good. Actually, he's now started teaching EMTs as well. So he's in the field, and now he's um, an educator as well. So that's really, really he's good. Both sides of this. Yeah. Thank you so much, Thank Karen. You. Don't don't hang up, okay? Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of their story. And I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, something uplifting or a positive message, hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at davidleith1. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.